According to the Human Rights Watch's World Report 2018, more than 12,000 lives have been claimed since Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte initiated his drug war in July 2016. Last week, three journalists from Reuters won a prestigious Pulitzer Prize for shedding light on the story, and one of them, Manuel Magato, joins us on the line, Reuters political and general news correspondent in Manila. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much also, and good morning. Well, good morning to you. Congratulations on being recognized for your work. Well, thank you also, and actually it's a team effort. The whole uh, Manila team worked on that story. Well, it was an investigative series, wasn't it? Duterte's War, Inside the Bloody Drug Crackdown in the Philippines, alongside Claire Baldwin and Andrew R.C. Marshall. How yeah, has right. this progressed, though? Can you start by telling us about these vigilante-style killings that have become institutionalized? Oh, uh, based on our uh, investigation, uh, the stories that we uh, produced, there were police operations that resulted in the killing of people who were believed to be or said to be involved in the drug trade. But there were also numerous people Uh, mostly slum dwellers who were killed by uh, unknown uh, assailants, uh, some of them wearing masks and riding in motorcycles. Uh, and this is the pattern uh, that were seen not only in Manila and uh, around the capital region, but uh, also in Davao, where uh, the president was mayor for more than 20 years. And most of those people who were killed by vigilantes, the so-called vigilantes, uh, were wrapped in masking tapes. And there were cardboards saying, uh, do not uh, try to copy or emulate us because we are drug pushers. How many of these do we think were actual big-time drug dealers, though, um, as opposed to petty drug suspects? Since the... Uh, War on Drugs began uh, in 2016 when uh, President Duterte assumed power. The police records uh, showed that uh, 4,000 people were killed by in police operations and 2,400 were killed by vigilantes. And most of them, uh, I would say majority of them, Uh, were very poor people who were involved only in street-level uh, drug trade. But in the two-year period, almost two-year period, uh, we saw three mayors were killed uh, in their uh, areas in uh, Mindanao and in Central Philippines. And two big-time drug lords were also killed in the Central Philippines. But apart from these five people... Uh, I think almost all were very poor people, and uh, some are so-called collateral damage because they were not involved at all, but were mistaken to be uh, drug peddlers. Which is one of the uh, the risks, isn't it, of such extrajudicial punishment, the, the ultimate right. punishment of a yeah. death penalty. And, and And, you know, it's really sad to see images of of loved ones just holding on to their deceased partners or relatives in a pool of blood in the street 
guilty or not guilty. It's an awful sight, and and this yeah. is where there have been international calls for a judicial process. It gets worse in a sense, doesn't it, when we start thinking about connections between these vigilantes and and a gang known as the Bonnet Gang. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, the Bonnet Gang. Uh, this is uh, the group that was described. That were, to be killing somewhere in Pateros town in uh, the capital region, in the eastern town of uh, Pateros, because the killers were wearing black bonnets. But I think most of the uh, vigilante-style killing are uh, using masks, bonnets, or uh, conceal their faces with handkerchiefs or any or hat or cap or whatever. Uh, to avoid uh, being identified because there are some CCTV cameras around. But uh, the bullet gang became very popular only in one particular area. But I, I would say that in almost all the vigilante-style killings, uh, this is the modus operandi. What do these vigilantes get out of it, though? Are they getting paid? Are they doing it out of a sense of social justice? Are they part of a wider gang network? Do we know much about the general trends? Uh, based on our interviews and uh, investigation, and uh, we spoke to a retired police uh, intelligence officer last last year, and uh, he told us that there are no vigilantes involved in these drug killings because those who were behind these killings are also police officers. So at first we, we could not believe it. So we tried to dig deeper and uh, interview some more and we're able to talk to one uh, commander, uh, an area commander, they said that, uh, the, the, the commander said that uh, one time a uh, mobile patrol car to, station, to be stationed in one place to uh, arrest the criminality in the area. But one day he got a uh, text message from a superior saying, can you remove the patrol car tonight because uh, uh, some people on motorcycles are targeting some drug dealers in the area. So what can you make out of it? Uh, mm. The police uh, have knowledge who these people are. So th- those are among the uh, uh, researches and investigation and uh, according to police interviews. In carrying out your work, have you felt particularly endangered? I mean, even you were mentioned by name by a presidential spokesperson who congratulated you but said the policy of the president on the drug war is that the drug war is legitimate. So it was a kind of um, qualified congratulations. Well, Reuters uh, is not saying the drug policy is wrong or unconstitutional or should be stopped. But what Reuters did was to report on what is really happening in the country, the, the so-called the killings uh, uh, happening uh, around the capital. There were so many people dying, and uh, that's what we only wanted to say. We are not questioning the, the legality of the, of the policy. 
uh, we're just pointing out that some people are are dying. Of course, there there are threats, especially online, uh, in social media, threatening us. But uh, uh, some of my colleagues who who were on the uh, who went to the area, the slum areas, and to police stations around the capital were uh, indirectly threatened because uh, uh, you know Claire Baldwin was uh, a very courageous woman journalist from uh, Hong Kong when when she came to one police station the police officers in that uh, station showed uh, their guns on their waist to her uh, that's an indirect uh, mm, mm. I think uh, threat uh, to her but uh, we we just continued to do our work, and we are also careful, and we, we know that there are threats, but uh, we just continue what we're doing. But it's a frightening situation, isn't it, when you must feel like who you can trust, uh, or what's wonder who you can trust, because you've got even the president behind this. You've got the police apparently working with these vigilantes. If you were in trouble, who would you call? I agree, but... Uh, you know, uh, in our interviews with the police officers uh, on the ground, are very optimistic that uh, and uh, very happy to know that not all uh, police officers uh, like what is happening, and some of them do not want to be involved in these killings. Mm. So I think there's only a small group within the police force uh, that are doing this. Uh, th- that is based on our own uh, research and investigation. W- what's the feeling on the ground there now? Is, is public opinion in favour of these killings continuing or, or has it turned against them? Because some people I've spoken to have not particularly liked it but thought that this drug issue has gone on for long enough and that uh, any action is justifiable if it solves the problem. Well, if you will ask the supporters of our president, they would uh, gladly support the killings because uh, the people who are dying are, uh, they said, criminals or were involved in the drug business. But if you ask majority, uh, there was a survey done last year. Uh, I think 90% do not approve of the killings. Well, that's a, a big number. Does that public pressure mean that they're likely to come to an end, though? Will it change the policy at all? I don't think so. <laughs> right. uh, but the number of deaths uh, every day has gone down. During the first three months of the president uh, in 2016, uh, we observed that uh, about 10 to 12 people are dying every day. Uh, last year, there was one day that 32 people died in a single operation, uh, in a single day. Uh, but now uh, we've noticed that it has gone down to about one or two a day. So I hope that that's yeah. better. Yeah. Well, Manuel Magato, Reuters political and general news correspondent in Manila, I know in your work you've obviously had to be neutral and just present the facts for what they are, but uh, it sounds clear what the situation is like for you. And thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you very much, too. Bye-bye.